0: Welcome to Any Way You Want It. I'm your host, Kaylin McDuff. I'm an LA-based coach for women who want to create lives based on desire. Here on the show, we like to have real conversations about sex, relationships, and life. Through talks with everyday people, experts, friends, and everything in between, I give you a plethora of options Different relationship models, new mindsets, perspectives, and paradigms. Listen for what sounds interesting to you and follow that. This is just the beginning of you having a life designed entirely from the specificity of your desire. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Any Way You Want It. Um, I am here with another um, Los Angeles woman today, uh, Melanie Crystal, um, and she is the founder of a company called Laurels, and um, oh my gosh, I was pulling the website up earlier today. I just love the tagline, Laurels are... A silky latex panty is designed to maximize sensation and minimize worries. So just that alone, I was like, okay, I gotta talk to this woman. Um, I was connected to Melanie um, through um, another awesome uh, feminine entrepreneur, um, Suzanne, uh, who runs a company called Private Packs, and um, and so you know she she was like, okay based on everything that
1: you're interested in, Kaylin, like you've got to talk to Melanie. (laughs) Aw, Suzanne is wonderful. I feel so lucky to be a part of a really cool entrepreneurial community and to know people like her. So yeah, she's wonderful. Totally.
0: So, um, yeah, you're just a, I just met you, but, um, the thing I just want to say about you is you're like a ray of sunshine
1: in the world. Oh Oh my God. That's so sweet. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much uh, for being here. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for the invite. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay.
0: Well, so like I said, I just was totally sold when I heard about what you're up to. And I, I literally looking at your website and it's just like photos of people wearing your gorgeous product and like in intimate moments. I'm like, this is just the aesthetic of your brand. I just want to say first off is, is just amazing. Thank you. totally um so let's just dive in I want to hear um so you know a little bit about your story obviously here on any way you want it uh we love to talk about desire and I just just from knowing what I know about your story it really seems like you have been on a total desire path Um, (laughs) I want to give people a little bit of uh, a little bit, a few more little um, tidbits of your background. And then I'm going to ask you for the the real, you know, the full story. Um, So let's see. Um, so Melanie has three patents. Um, she, uh, her company has been featured in the New York times, Cosmo playboy and other publications worldwide. She also has a JD from Columbia. Um, and she was part of the legal team that secured gay marriage rights for the Western United States.
1: Whoa. It was amazing. I, I was just so lucky to be able to participate in really cool cases back when I was a lawyer. Uh, and then I went off and did something very
0: different. And you went off and did this. Well, and from what I understand, Tourette's syndrome helped you make the decision to leave law and create this company. Yeah. So so tell us um, where your journey starts, like before you started this company, like where were you, what was going on um, and and sort of the inspiration and what happened to have you get to where you are now?
1: For sure. Um, okay, so when I wasn't back when I was in college, I was a peer sex educator, and we would be talking about condoms and STIs, and um, you know how how to have enjoyment during sex, and then also how to make sex safe. Um, and one of the products that we would talk about was called the dental dam, and I remember back then you know, hearing the name dental dam and thinking, God, why is it called this? I mean, what a ridiculous name. And, you know, I learned later that it's actually, and and I I should describe what the product is. Um, So basically a dental dam is uh, the product that currently exists on the market to protect against STIs during oral sex on a woman or a person with a vulva. And it's basically a Thin sheet of rubber um that has to be held in place. And you know, the reason it's called a dental dam is actually because a prior version of a similar product, um, is a latex sheet that's used during dentistry to isolate a tooth. And so basically one of the inventors of the oral dam for oral sex, um, was sitting in a dentist's chair. Um, this is a story that was, um, told by an author and I believe it was vice. Um, well, wow yeah and so the uh condom company owner was sitting in a dental chair he was getting dentistry done and he thought to himself if this product were thinner maybe it could be used for sti prevention during oral sex which is great i mean it's wonderful that he was thinking about these things um or that anyone was thinking about these things at the time um but so basically the product that was a dental dam was flattened a little bit more. It became a little bit thinner and then it was co-opted to be used during oral sex. Um, and Oh my gosh, wait, this is so crazy. It's totally crazy. Yeah.
0: And I'm Mm -hmm. also like who, I don't know anyone. I don't think who's used a
1: dental dam before. Right. And like, I'm like, who's, who's using these things? (laughs) People are using them. So like 5 yeah. million dental dams for, are, are sold worldwide per year for oral sex. De- dental dams as a larger category, yeah. you know, there's a lot of folks who use them for dentistry. But for oral sex related uh, yeah. use, the oral dams that we sometimes commonly call dental dams, um, 5 million are sold a year. So, you know. Got it. <laughs> decent number of people that are using a product. But, you know, if I bring myself back to when I was teaching about these products um, while I was a pure sex educator in college, you know, there to me were so many reasons why people might want a product like this, but when it, actually use a dental dam for it. So one of them is that the product is called a dental dam. I mean, that does not bring to mind any idea of sexiness or intimacy. And another reason is that the product has to be held in place. So if you're receiving oral sex, um you will usually use two of your hands to hold to the product up in front of your vulva as somebody is performing oral sex on you and that's a bummer because you can't really enjoy the full experience you have to be holding something in place um, Yeah. well or- never the sense like i don't know
0: what like the sensation is as well like i've never used a dental dam but I I can imagine that it also decreases sensation,
1: right? One of the good things about the product actually is that it doesn't really decrease sensation too much. It's a really thin, like super, super thin layer of latex. Um, Yeah. 0.06 to 0.08 millimeters. If you want to get really gone down some rabbit holes. I love them. Um, but so, so the product itself doesn't increase sensation too much when it's being used as a flat layer, but one of the problems with it being something that's held in place and not something that's attached to the body is that it can kind of get, um, crumpled up in Like inside of the giver's mouth or, you know, along the fold of, of a labia or something like, right. you know, basically something that was a very thin layer can become two or three or four layers. So then once that happens then that can decrease sensation. It also can be really hard for the giver because all of this loose material can go up inside of their mouth and inside of their nostrils. And it actually makes it a little bit difficult to breathe if you're trying to form oral sex on someone. So anyway, back when I was teaching about this product, um, you know, we would suggest that folks can use them for STI prevention purposes, but we would also notice that a lot of people were giggling about the product and kind of laughing. And I I thought that was understandable because it really, (laughs) it's not a product that makes people excited to use it. Right. So um, essentially later in my life, I found myself using a dental dam and thinking, what if this were better? Like, what if this made me feel sexy and confident and hot rather wow. than like, I was holding this silly thing up in front of me. And so that's when I kind of had the idea, what if this were actually a sexy panty? Uh, what if this helped people, um, you know, enhance the oral sex experience rather than wow. was just an annoyance that detracted from the experience? Um, And so that's when I came up with the idea to start Laurels, which has since become a product that people use for a variety of purposes. And we actually don't even have the FDA clearance necessary for people to use it for the original intended purpose, which was STI prevention. But I'm sure I'll get to that in a little bit.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Wow. And um, and so. You were and I want to backtrack a little bit because you were a very successful lawyer and then you just said, "Okay, I'm going to go all in on this idea. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, I was a lawyer for uh, five years and. I, you know, I enjoyed being a lawyer. It was a really interesting, sometimes exciting job. I worked with a lot of really great people. Um, my cases were fascinating to a, to a large extent, um, especially when it came to being able to work on the awesome LGBTQ rights case. Um, and then I also got to work with some healthcare companies and some technology companies. So I was doing a lot of things that I found really interesting. However, I was sometimes looking towards my future and thinking, is is this what I want to do for the rest of my life? And, you know, I liked a lot about the day to day, but I just wasn't positive that this was my future. And so I kind of had this like inkling of an idea in my head that maybe this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. Maybe there's something else out there for me. And then I had the experience that I just mentioned, um, you know, used a dental dam, realized like this could actually be a much better product. Um, But, you know, I thought to myself, first of all, I'm in this stable and steady career. Do I, you know, how ridiculous is this? Do I want to like quit this, you know, stable, steady job to, uh, you know, reinvent the dental dam and make oral sex panties? Um, (laughs) And then, you know, another thing that was kind of holding me back was like, even if I was willing to quit my job, Wow. Like a product that's for oral sex on a woman. I mean, that is so many layers of taboo, you know, first it's in the, it's in the sex industry. It is a product that's made for oral sex, which is, like even a a more of a taboo topic, I would, I would say than, you know, vaginal intercourse, for example. And then it was for the benefit of like women's pleasure. And those are a lot of things that Mm. make a lot of folks really uncomfortable. And so I was like, you know, am I really ready to leave my, you know, my, my job where I talk about things that I could very comfortably talk at any dinner (laughs) dinner party about, or, you know, comfortably talk to my parents about, um, you know, am I ready to leave that for something that's taboo? And so one thing that I kind of realized over time is that I'm actually really comfortable with things that are taboo and with, Also, making people a little bit uncomfortable. And the reason why is because of the Tourette syndrome you mentioned. So I, I've had Tourette's since I was about 16. Um, and it started out as these cute little squeals and over time, it sort of morphed into ticks that were no longer very cute. And sometimes Mm. they sound like grunts. Sometimes they sound like I'm yelling and, uh, this happened over the span of, I would say, 10 years or so, um, maybe actually 10 to 15 years. Um, like I remember when I was in law school, my body is sort of able to subconsciously suppress the ticks, like when I'm in a space where it would be like really deeply uncomfortable to make a very loud tick, or maybe I shouldn't say uncomfortable. um you know, socially unacceptable without further context of me having this, um, condition. Mm -hmm. Um, so Mm -hmm. basically I, you know, I wouldn't tick in large law school classes, but I remember as soon as the class was over, I would like rush out of the class and it would just be like tick, tick, tick. And, you know, they just kind of pour out of me. Wow! Um, and you know, I remember as folks would walk by me, know people people would look. Um when I was I I, I was in New York City for for law school and when I would be walking down the street sometimes I I would tick and people turn around and look. And you know it's definitely a noticeable thing. I I'm not sure if I will tick during this podcast, but maybe I will. (laughs) And um and so anyway basically i had realized that ticking in public and eventually become becoming comfortable with that and the fact that people would turn around and look at me i realized that i was actually very suited to creating a product that has a lot of layers of taboo and makes people ah. feel uncomfortable because i had sort of mm. developed this you know comfort with discomfort and mm. you know wow. i i So, you know, here I am being a lawyer and thinking, am I willing to do this taboo thing. And I realized, yes, I am. I, you know, I can, I can talk about oral sex all the time and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, maybe pitch this to investors someday and maybe, you know, go to factories and talk with factories about oral sex. I think I'm capable of doing that. You know, also being the peer sex educator had helped as well. Mm -hmm. Also the fact that I comfortably talked with my friends about sex. Uh, also, you know, I was kind of like, go-to person at the law firm to talk about relationship and sex (laughs) problems um (laughs) so that was was fun uh but anyway i realized that i i I could do this uniquely because i had been fortunate enough to deal Mm -hmm. with similar situations through having threats and then the other thing that happened was, you know, I still, even though I was comfortable talking about taboo topics, I still had to leave the stable and steady career in order to do something like that. And was I really willing to do that? And that's another way that the Tourette's really helped me. So I, once I had the idea for laurels and then also realized that I wanted to do it, my ticks just started taking over. Like whenever I would sit at the computer, you know, in my office to do work, I would loudly tick and it got to the point that I was doing it like 60 or 70 times a day. People, you know, people in the hallway and in my office always knew that I had dreads and they were used to it, but like they would... You know, kind of hint at me, like, is everything okay? Like, because ticks are stress yeah. induced. And um, oh my gosh. Okay. This is
0: amazing. <laughs> I, I amazing. mean, I'm just so grateful that it happened this way. <laughs> I, um, well, something, you know, that I talk about all the time is our relationship with our body and mm-hmm. how it's like the body does not lie. <laughs> and the body like that's where your desire lives and Mm. I really hear how Tourette's like actually supported you to go towards your desire like it's like oh this is just so deeply not aligned that we're gonna make it so freaking
1: obvious for you (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was like, kind of like my body was yelling at me, like to, to go for it, to do this. And so like, you know, I finally listened and I was like, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit my job and I'm going to start this company. And so I'm just really grateful that it happened that way because, you know, although there have certainly been ups and downs with regards to Laurel's, I feel so lucky that I was able to bring this product into the world and to, um, you know, that I've had such a unique and interesting uh, set of experiences while pushing forward Laurels and then being able to help so many people have more enjoyable sex lives.
0: Yeah. Wow. That is just, um, that is just amazing. And thank (laughs) you for your, Just for your vulnerability about it and your, um, you have so much approval for it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that I'm lucky that this happened to me when I was close to adulthood. I think that, you know, for a lot of kids who have Tourette's during the years that bullying is so intense, um, i i I feel like I was able to not have that and not associate Tourette's with really anything that is like psychologically painful. There was plenty of stuff that was psychologically painful, and like I went through a lot of bullying and everything, but Tourette's ah. wasn't really attached to that. Um, mm. Tourette's for me was something that was just this unusual aspect of me and I've always pretty much been okay with it and not awkward yeah. or uncomfortable with it, which is certainly a privilege. Wow. That's, uh,
0: yeah, that's gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, and, and, you know, I love, I just love your story so much because, um, I think when, uh, when women come to work with me and we start talking about like really following your desire, like what is it going to take, you know, looking at your relationships and your career and just your environment, literally everything through the lens of desire, it can be really scary. You know, like walking away from a career like that, the stability of it, (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, you know, I, I tell women, I'm like, I don't know how this is going to go. Right. Like there's going to be like a lot of hard moments between you and your desire for sure. You know? Um, so I'd love to hear, uh, about maybe one of the hardest moments that you faced in the whole process of really like birthing this desire into the world, you know, bringing out. A taboo topic, and you know, just
1: bringing it into the world. So, one of the really difficult things that I had to go through uh, was finding a manufacturer. And when you are creating a new product, um, that partnership between you and the manufacturer is is so incredibly important. Like I've kind of described it. Uh, as making a baby together, (laughs) you know, like you are sort of two beings that are coming together to create this thing that's in one person or one entity's mind and the other entity has the physical ability to make it happen. Um, and then as a, as an entrepreneur, you sort of have to go around and, and pitch your idea and your product to a variety of factories to get them interested and willing to make the product for you. Um, And so one of the ways that I did that is I started reaching out to factories. And a a lot of times you might want to have a little bit of a conversation with a factory before you tell them exactly what your idea is. Because if your idea has never been created before... Uh, sorry, I felt a tick coming on there for a second, but it didn't happen, which I think is probably a little bit disappointing. But in any case, um, okay, so uh, so I was going around to the factory and um, telling them basically the general dimensions of the product and what it was made out of and how I thought it would likely be made. And I went to several factories and asked or, and mentioned these things to them. We kind of went back and forth a little bit on their interest in working with a new entrepreneur. And, you know, they gave vague ideas of pricing. And so there was this one factory that I was particularly interested in, um, a U.S.-based factory that made condoms. And we had gone back and forth a little bit about pricing and dimensions and everything. And then it was time to tell them what the product was. And so I you know, explained that it was panties for primarily for uh, a woman to wear while receiving oral sex, and suddenly they were silent. They completely stopped all of the emails that we had had back and forth, and I wondered what was going on. I sent my like a first follow up. Nothing happened, and then a few days later, I sent another follow up. Was like you know, is there anything that I can do? I'm very interested in working with you, and they responded and said you know, we talked this over with our board and they're uncomfortable with the nature of the product. Mm -hmm. So a product that is worn by men so that they can experience sexual pleasure during vaginal intercourse was something that they were comfortable with, but a product that's worn by a woman so she can experience sexual pleasure while receiving oral sex wasn't something they were comfortable with. And that was a... Uh, You know, a helpful moment for me because I realized how much stigma exists. And, you know, it's also helpful to prepare yourself for a lot of no's, because when you are an entrepreneur, you're going to hear no a lot. And it might be for reasons that you completely disagree with, but you just have to accept it and move on and try something else. Uh, so we, we did, we wow. eventually found a wonderful factory that's very excited, uh, continues to be excited and, you know, engaged with the product. And um, they're wonderful people that I feel really lucky to work with. So it all worked out in the end.
0: Uh, yeah, it's uh rejection is God's protection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, thank you for sharing that. It's uh it's just I- I'm always so interested to hear the real deal behind how things get created. Um, because it is just uh so not glamorous in so many you know parts of the experience. So thank you for yeah. that. Um, ooh, I want to hear about some of the use cases for this. So I know oral sex was obviously the intention. And, and I would just love to hear sort of like what you've heard from your customers, how this is really like helping people get free around oral sex and, and maybe other things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So this kind of goes back to when I had thought of the idea for Laurels, um, at that point as a dental dam replacement, And then I started having conversations with my friends at work (laughs) and other friends um, Mm -hmm. about their oral sex experiences. And what I was realizing is that, you know, as you mentioned, a lot of people have not heard of a dental dam. Um, And a lot of people told me, you know, if that product were sexy and, you know, something that you would wear, like what you're talking about, I feel like I could use it for all of the reasons that I turn down oral sex right now. And I'm like, you know, tell me, tell me more. What are those reasons? And so a lot of people were saying that they would turn down oral if, um, you know, if they hadn't shaved recently or if they were on their periods or if. They um, were interested in rimming, for example, and were worried about poop or if their partner had a scratchy beard and it physically hurt for them to receive. Um, There were just so many reasons that people were telling me, you know, I love the idea of oral sex, but then when it comes to the reality, I end up saying no. And after that kind of idea was put in my head, I realized that. Many times in my personal life, you know, for non STI related reasons, I found myself turning down oral sex when I wanted to be saying yes. Um, and I and later on, once uh, Laurel's launched, we did a survey and we found that eighty seven percent of women had turned down receiving oral sex when they had a willing partner and when they were really interested in it, but they had turned it down for a variety of reasons. So you know because Uh, they uh, were on their periods or hadn't showered recently or, you know, had faced a a traumatizing experience and having somebody up close and personal like that was a really, really intense thing. So, So basically, since we've launched Orals, we've realized that they're helping so many people be able to say yes to oral sex and all of the pleasure that's associated with that without having to worry about having the direct scent skin contact. So so basically um, laurels are very, very thin sheets. Well, they are they are made. Laurels are made of very thin latex. Um, it's basically 10 times thinner than a regular panty. So when somebody is performing oral sex on you through laurels, you can pretty much feel all of those sensations, but the material blocks anything that's really holding you back from enjoying that experience. Um, So, you know, if you are worried about having somebody up close and personal like that, you don't have to worry about it anymore. And you can instead just focus on how it feels and the fact that it feels so good. Uh, So that's what we're, that's what we're finding. And um, it's been just so wonderful to hear all of these stories from people who've been using the product and having so much more oral sex than they've ever had. We actually have a lot of customers who had never received oral sex before. um, And (gasps) then they use the product and now it's part of their normal sexual repertoire. And that's just so exciting because, you know, oral sex can lead to orgasm three times more often for women than intercourse so it's a really great thing to be doing more of and i'm just so excited that we can help with that
0: oh my gosh this is wow yeah you're really opening my mind up here um because i i think i saw on your website um something about like the impact of this on um like marriage marriages or something. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I was kind of confused. I was like, wait, but ma- people who are married, they're probably not that worried about STIs. And then I just wasn't thinking about all of these other things that get in, that can get in the way.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, that's one of the things That I think is so interesting about launching a product that has similarities to, you know, a a prior product, but really is trying to do something different. Like it was really, really eye opening for me when I started having conversations with people, uh, you know, that I was thinking about making a panty of latex material. Cause mm-hmm. really they hadn't ever heard of a dental dam. They weren't worried about STI <sighs> transfer, but right. they were telling me, you know, there are all of these reasons that I'm turning down oral sex. And so it's like, once you realize, once it gets into your mind that, you know, folks turn down oral sex, uh, for, mm. you know, a variety of reasons, you right. kind of find yourself you find yourself turning it down, you know? And, and I think that we, many of us are so used to having a variety of activities in our sexual repertoire that we don't notice when we're saying no to something in order to do something else. Um, Mm. and, and, you know, this is something that I found for myself. Um, I found myself turning down oral sex and then engaging in other sexual activities. And I hadn't really noticed that I did it before. But then once I realized like that, this is a fixable problem, basically, I realized how often I was turning it down and like, you know, what a shame because, you know, the likelihood of orgasms is one thing. Another thing that I think is really great about oral sex is how it feels like a gift that one partner gives another um if you you know if you look at vaginal intercourse which is you know a wonderful sexual activity yeah. um it's something that two people are participating in at the same time and enjoying together and that's a wonderful feeling but a different wonderful feeling is when somebody is giving you pleasure that is for your benefit mm-hmm. the the goal is to please the receiver, and make them feel as good as possible. And that's a really, really wonderful feeling that can't really be matched, I think, by a lot of other sexual activities. And so I think that it's really wonderful if folks can find ways to incorporate oral sex more often into their sexual activities
0: hmm Yeah. I, uh, I, I love that so much. Um, I, you know, for me, I'm like penetration, it's awesome. I love it. And it's like, it's like 5% of what's available in my opinion. <laughs> totally. There's
1: so many different things that you can be doing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so when I, yeah, when I, you know, work with women, it's like, Hey, there's this whole treasure trove of, of things. And I, you know, I, I share the same love of oral sex. I like to call it, you know,
1: cock worship or pussy worship. Um, (laughs) I mean, that's perfect because it really does center the fact that it's a gift and it's, um, you know, one person that is obsessed with another and making that other, or, or, you know, obsessed with this activity and making the other person feel as amazing as possible during that point in time. Mm hmm. mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. What else have you learned um, just about the world of um, sexuality? You know, I just it feels like you have just gone deep down this rabbit hole, which I love. Um, Yeah. And so I would just love to hear other reflections that you have of like what's going on in the um, what is it? It's it's called sex tech. Is that
1: correct? Yeah. Yeah. So
0: industry or what, just like what else you're noticing just in terms of like trends and, and sort of like cultural behaviors around sex.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like the last few, few years have been really interesting because I think that young people are really doing an amazing job of talking about pleasure and talking about consent and Talking about many different sexual related topics that, you know, hadn't really been in the discourse before a few years ago. Um, and I think that that has been leading to a lot of really interesting new products on the market that are tackling a lot of issues that people have, um, with with sex and then also a lot of ways to make sex better. I mean, there are so many new things out there um, that basically allow a couple or an individual to have whatever kind of pleasure they're interested in experiencing. It's been really amazing to be a part of that. Another thing that I thought has been really cool is how many female entrepreneurs there are Who are working on these issues right now. Um, I think that, you know, on one hand, I would say that a lot of the CEOs prior to now have been men. However, there actually have been some amazing female CEOs that have been in this industry for decades. Cal Exotics is a brand um, that has had a female CEO for a really long time. And it's really cool that you know, she's a pioneer in this industry. So I think that there is definitely a diversification of who is making the products now. And I think that's a great thing. Um, but also I'm proud to be in this industry because I think it has been, um, on the forefront of diversity and celebration of sexuality
0: for a really long time. hmm Totally. Uh, yeah. I'm all for anything in the external world that, that supports just a uh, pure raw connection in and outside of the bedroom. <laughs> like Absolutely. whatever tools are going to support that. I am a yes to that. Well, so what I've gotten from this entire interview is, <laughs> um, is that you have really followed your desire. You know, at the end of the day, even in the face of some of this stuff being taboo, even in the face of people saying no, in the face of the uncertainty, um and just not knowing. And um and so I would love to hear, you know, how that has trickled into, you know, different parts of your life.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I think that It's been especially interesting during the pandemic, actually. Um, One of the things that I've learned from Laurels is following my heart and what is important to me. And I think like during this time that I think was, you know, very solitary, I found myself really getting in touch with what is important to me and what I actually want out of life. Mm -hmm. Um, I also found myself being appreciative of the day to day and Mm -hmm. little things that I think I might not have noticed before I found myself noticing more of. So whether that's appreciating the Plants that I have in my space and just noticing yeah. their beauty, um, or whether it's, you know, feeling a light touch. And, you know, I mean, yeah. one of the things that's amazing about the last few months is when you have any physical contact with a person, yeah. it feels very special. Um, mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it can also feel taboo in itself um and that's another layer that is actually sometimes a little bit exciting i would say um yeah. but then also just like how special and wonderful it feels to physically connect with another human being it's a wonderful feeling and um and i think that that's something that i've learned uh both because of this pandemic and because I've been, you know, working in this field and really um trying to help as many other people as possible experience pleasure. It's good to remember that I want that, you know, I, you know, pleasure is wonderful for myself as well.
0: Mm, mhm. Totally. I love that. Wow, well, thank you so much for your for your generosity um and for just yeah sharing your story so openly with us today
1: absolutely, my pleasure thanks so much for for having me yeah, absolutely
0: um so uh do you want to share where people we'll put everything in the show notes, but you want to share where people can find you any special deals you want us to know about um how can people get in
1: on this? <laughs> sure. So we are offering 15% off. Um, the folks first purchase on laurels. They can use code anyway. And um, the website uh, where we sell our products is my laurels.com. So M-Y-L-O-R-A-L-S.com. And then uh, my laurels is our handle on all social. So again, M-Y-L-O-R-A-L-S.
0: Amazing. Oh, thank you so much, Melanie. Absolutely. Thanks so much
1: for having me. Bye
0: everybody. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you got something from this episode, please share it with someone in your life and pop on over to iTunes to give us a five-star review. I'm so committed to more people custom creating their sex, relationships, and lives from desire. And this podcast is a big part of that. If you have ideas for the show or want to learn more about working with me as a coach, head on over to my Instagram at McDuff or my website, kaylinmcduff.com. See you next time.